Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. Wanted to take a minute here to point out that in the show notes, I always put a link to going out to the faces of ankylosing spondylitis that was started by Cookie Hooper. Well, she's been in all the ankylosing spondylitis forums. So she's out there and very active and very visible to everybody, a great asset to this community. Her starting the faces of ankylosing spondylitis is what led me to start this podcast. Originally, I titled it The Voices of Ankylosing Spondylitis. You'll hear that in the first couple of episodes if you go back and listen to those. And then I switched it over to the Ankylosing Spondylitis podcast and then expanded to the Axial Spondyloarthritis podcast to be inclusive of, of everybody. Well, as we go along, Cookie's done great work in building up everything and people have uh, unfortunately passed on. And this week it was with a lot of heartbreak to see that some of the original members of the faces of ankylosing spondylitis had passed away and they were jackie who was face number five there was nicole who was case there was nicole who was face number 34 and there was john who was face number 100 i'm gonna have links to each of them in the show notes as well as cookie's website if you've not sent in and talked with her about getting listed in there please do it was just a, a real shame to see three people right off the bat. So that was just, um, I don't know, it was just a sad thing. And and make sure that if you're lonely, if you're depressed, if you're feeling anxious, reach out to somebody. You don't have to go through this alone anymore. Those of us that did go through it alone because there was no way to reach out to others, we're now here to support you as you go through your journey. So reach out to somebody. There's such good resources available, whether it be somebody in the forums, just posting in the forums to get feedback from everybody. The different numbers that are available to call, whether it be the suicide prevention number or any of those, just reach out to somebody. Don't suffer alone through this. We're all here to help you. On a separate note, and a a much better note, I wanted to say that just got downloads from the 133rd country to, you know, tap into this podcast. And that was from the Ivory Coast in Africa. So again, welcome to whoever downloaded those episodes. It's great to have you here. Please feel free to reach out through the website spondypodcast.com. I appreciate it. And then I also wanted to thank the person that did a donation at buymeacoffee.com. It was a little bit of a snafu and I inadvertently deleted their name. If you'll please reach out to me and I, I thank you for that donation. If you'll please reach out to me, I will mention you on next week's episode. Let's get into today's episode. Today I want to talk about, well, the article, as you saw from the name, was intense pain and invisible damage, you know, what x-rays and MRIs can't reveal. This episode is really around non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis. And originally they were thought of as two separate conditions, but now more and more people are thinking of them as linear, that you start off kind of in that non-radiographic and some may progress to the full-on radiographic or ankylosing spondylitis. Others will not. But either way, it's thought of more of as a linear journey now and not two entirely separate items. So this particular article talks about some key takeaways. And again, I'll have a link to it in the show notes for you to read more in depth from the links that they provide. But it's key takeaways 
are non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis is an early form of spondyloarthritis that doesn't show up on x-rays. It can take some people up to 10 years of disease activity before inflammation becomes visible on x-rays. Although MRIs can detect axial spondyloarthritis inflammation earlier than x-rays, the results may be inconclusive. And then pain associated with non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis is as severe as that of radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, also known as ankylosing spondylitis, the more advanced form of the disease. So again, think of it more as a linear path starting on, you know, the non-radiographic side and progressing to the radiographic. So as we look at this, we sit there and say, okay, axial spondyloarthritis, it's a chronic rheumatic disease that causes intense pain and damage. We all know that. It's mainly in the spine and sacroiliac joints where the hips and the spine connect. And they say mainly, but that's not true. In me, it's basically affected every joint but my knees, luckily. Everything else has been abused in one form or fashion by AS. The most common early symptoms of axial spondyloarthritis are the chronic low back pain that starts before age 45. My case, mine started when I was about 10. I was diagnosed at 14. We're all different. I've seen all the age ranges. Back pain in axial spondyloarthritis is inflammatory in nature. It goes on to say, unlike mechanical back pain caused by a strained muscle or an injury, the inflammatory back pain improves with physical activity and worsens with rest. Well, we can all tell you that, you know, you sit down after walking a little bit and then you go to stand up again and you're like, oh my God, I feel worse than when I just was standing up. I should have stayed standing up. And you can read more about this in the early signs and symptoms of spinal arthritis, a link in the article that I'm going to share. Well, diagnosing axial spondyloarthritis can be a challenge. That's because the early form of this disease, it's invisible. It means you have the pain. You go to the doctor and say, I'm in pain. The problem I see many people doing is they go to the doctor and say, I have ankylosing spondylitis. I have it. I have ankylosing spondylitis. Well, the doctor runs the MRIs, runs the x-rays and says, no, you don't. You have no damage. And the people get upset because they're insistent they have AS or ankylosing spondylitis when they're not saying to the doctor, they should be asking, treat me for axial spondyloarthritis. That way you're encompassing both ends of the disease. And if you don't have any damage visible yet, then you don't have ankylosing spondylitis. You have to have that damage to have the ankylosing spondylitis. But that doesn't mean you don't have non-radiographic, which still continues and, and provides all the pain. So diagnosing it can be a challenge. That's because the early form of the disease, it's invisible, as I said, and it doesn't show up on x-rays, and it really doesn't show or present much on an MRI. And this can cause delay in diagnosis, delay in treatment, lead to much more poor outcomes and lower quality of life. So why is axial spondyloarthritis hard to detect? There are two types of axial spondyloarthritis. There's the radiographic and the non-radiographic. And radiographic axial spondyloarthritis which again, as we said, is AS, as ankylosing spondylitis, is the most common severe form of the condition. It's caused by new bone growth on the spine and sacroiliac joints that can lead to fused vertebrae, pain, and immobility. Because this disease type is significantly advanced, joint damage can be seen on x-rays or computed tomography, CT scans. The insidious part of it is that non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, on the other hand, refers to the early disease, which starts an inflammation in the sacroiliac joints. X-rays and CT scans are not sensitive enough to detect joint inflammation and swelling, making non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis more challenging for rheumatologists to diagnose. However, joint inflammation may be visible with an MRI. Not always, but it may be. But if you're having the pain, nothing's coming up on x-rays, stop using the term ankylosing spondylitis. Stick with the term axial spondyloarthritis. This is the hard part. He said it can take up to six to 10 years for that inflammation to create enough damage to become visible. By that time, the non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis can progress to ankylosing spondylitis. 
with significant bone destruction and fusion. You want to stay away from having any damage done as much as possible. That's why going in there without a diagnosis, you talk about axial spinal arthritis and you push, if you're willing to, get on a biologic. Biologic's not a pain medicine. It's not designed to minimize pain. It's designed to hopefully, if you're on non-radiographic, keep you from progressing to radiographic. That's all it's designed. You may get some pain relief from it, but it's not a pain medicine. That's important to remember. So what can x-rays reveal and what can't they reveal? Well, diagnostic criteria, which was developed in 1984, um, relied on x-rays to detect structural changes in the spine and sacroiliac joints. X-rays can depict bone erosion and any new bone growth caused by the chronic inflammation. The key features in axial spondyloarthritis where x-rays are typically used to evaluate people who've had back pain for more than three months. However, x-rays have shortcomings. In the early stages of axial spondyloarthritis, x-rays can't detect the inflammation that's in your joints, nor can they distinguish between nonspecific chronic low back pain and inflammatory back pain. There's, there's just no way to tell. Even when x-rays don't show bone changes or fusion, it's still possible to experience severe pain, as many, many of you know. In fact, Non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis can be just as painful and debilitating as radiographic axial spondyloarthritis. For that reason, many people with invisible axial spondyloarthritis suffer unnecessarily for many years before getting a proper diagnosis. That's why if the doctor's treating you for fibro, it may be fibro, but it may not be. You need to start the medications for fibro. If it doesn't minimize it or help you out, then you need to start talking to the doctor about axial spondyloarthritis. One member of the website here from my spondylitis team described being given painkillers and left to rot. They said, after x-ray showed no damage. I've been made to feel like a fraud every time I've tried to explain what's going on with me, she wrote. Another member said, my main problem now is with my neck, but doctors don't seem to be concerned with it because they can't see evidence on x-rays. And that's for those reasons, MRIs are now considered the imaging method of choice. So what uh, MRIs might miss? Well, MRIs increase diagnostic accuracy, which is great. It detects both active inflammation and structural changes in people with symptoms of axial spondyloarthritis. Even when the joints look normal on x-rays, MRIs also provide less radiation exposure than x-rays. One person wrote, my rheumatologist ordered more MRIs to look at different joints and lots of things are showing up. Just need to find the right doctor after 35 years, said one member. So that's key is you have to have a doctor that's willing to work with you as well. Considering the key imaging biomarker of axial spondyloarthritis, sacroiliitis is visible on MRIs before radiographic structural damage appears. This provides a window of opportunity for early treatment that could improve long-term outcomes and give you a much better quality of life. So again, you have to push your doctor. And if the doctor's not listening to you, get a new doctor as best you can, whatever your insurance or medical treatment allows for. But MRI scans also have drawbacks. While an MRI can detect joint inflammation, the scans are not very specific regarding swelling and other inflammatory changes that could be caused by wear and tear or aging, for example, not non-radiographic arthritis. So it really can't differentiate and say, this is this and this is this. It just kind of shows everything and the doctor's got to be good enough to determine what it is. Research also shows that it could take more than a year for swelling to be visible on an MRI. That means that scans can appear negative even if people who have AS acquire expensive future MRI follow-ups. An MRI is not cheap. You're going to have to see what your insurance covers, how often they'll cover it. So it's just a, a big dance you have to 
you know, get good at advocating for yourself. The MRI scans can monitor the progression of AS over time from non-radiographic to radiographic, but sometimes the disease never progresses. One 12-year study found that uh, 25% of people with pain from axial spondyloarthritis showed no progression on imaging slides. So imagine that. You've got all the pain. You have no progression, which means you're kind of going to be limited on some of your treatment options based upon the current diagnostic criteria. And that's, again, where you have to really push for doctors to be uh, aggressive with you. For this reason, rheumatologists now look at the entire clinical picture when diagnosing axial spondyloarthritis, including symptoms, family medical history, physical examination, blood tests, and imaging scans. I went for all these x-rays and MRIs. They found nothing in my neck or left side shoulder or hand. Frustrated, said one person. Another said, if my doctors had listened to the symptoms and not relied on x-rays, they might have figured it out. So remember, you're not alone. If you need help, there's the all the different support groups that are out there. The webpage that I took this article from, they have support systems. All the forums on Facebook. There's the Spondylitis Association of America, the Canadian Spondylitis Association. There's the one in England. They're, they're all over the world. So make sure to get active with your group that can help you and push. If you're, if you're having the pain, stop saying ankylosing spondylitis. Throw that out of your vocabulary. If you don't have a diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis, don't even use it. Use the term axial spondyloarthritis and push your doctor to look at everything. And if they're not asking you questions about family, medical history, how you feel in the mornings versus afternoons, if they're not coming up with all of this stuff put together for you, you need to really have a talk and decide with them if they're the right doctor to help you. With that said, have a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye.